the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ephesians and Colossians together uh, present a mature understanding of who Christ is and what his life, death, and resurrection means for the believer. He is the one who reconciles us to God and to each other. He is our Savior and Deliverer. And he is the focus of our attention today as uh, Pastor Leighton Sheely, our teacher, takes us through the book of Colossians, or at least gives us an introduction to the book today as we begin a new series here on Study Verse by Verse. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. We don't know much about the church in Colossae, but they certainly had their problems, and the Apostle Paul had to address those, and we'll learn more about that as we go through this series. I hope you can stay with us. As always, if you miss any of the broadcasts, you can hear them again on the website studyversebyverse.com. This book is very relevant to us today. You know, people don't really change unless, of course, you let God change you. In general, people don't change. They're the same 2,000 years ago when this book was written as they are today. And, And many of the problems that those believers faced, we face today. Many of the cultural things that they faced, we face today. Uh, People then, like now, were seeking questions. They had questions uh, about how the spiritual realm works. Uh, What kind of spiritual beings live in heaven and how are they organized? And how do they move between the spiritual realm and the physical realm? And do they ever communicate with people? And if so, how? And how, how, how are they able to influence the lives of people? And there is then and now a continual interest in fortune telling and astrology that confirms the world's desire to have some insight into what takes place in the unseen spiritual realm. And as I was away on vacation last month that we were doing traveling, I noticed that there are fortune tellers in every city. And and some who call themselves Christian won't make a decision until they've consulted their horoscope. And, 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 And like Christians today, the Christians in Colossae were fond of mixing their Christianity with ideas and practices from the surrounding culture. That some fell into forms of legalism and others into forms of licentiousness, which means you're using the grace of God as a license to continue in sin. And they, they, they mingle the doctrines of the Christian faith with man-made religions, and as a result, the gospel was compromised. People don't really change. Like then, like now, it was an age of religious pluralism and syncretism. Syncretism is trying to take multiple religions, mix them together so you can get the religion that you like. Many people believe that one religion is just as good as any other religion. What's right for you may not be right for me. All religions are basically the same. But Colossians calls attention to this truth. That Jesus is Lord. That Jesus is supreme. That Christianity 
is unique because Christ is unique. Now today we can only begin to introduce this book of the Bible which is filled with such incredible spiritual insight. But I want to read for you a portion of the first chapter that we're going to get to in a few weeks. And, the, and my hope is that when you listen to this, you're going to say, I, I really want to understand better what that means and how that applies to me. It's, it reads, He, speaking of Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, or the forgiveness of sins. You know, Christianity is all about Christ. It's all about Christ Jesus. It's not about Peter, Paul, and Mary. And if you read what Peter, Paul, and Mary said in the Bible, they pointed to Jesus. Jesus is preeminent. He is of first importance. Everything revolves around him. Jesus is unique. Jesus is God incarnate. The word incarnate means in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh who came to reconcile mankind with God by making peace through his death on the cross. The supremacy of Christ is the theme of Colossians. And before we launch into a verse-by-verse -verse study, I think it's important for us to understand some background information to help us better appreciate what we're reading. Let's start with the author. The Apostle Paul, of the, uh, as the author has been universally recognized throughout 2,000 years of church history. In fact, the, the first dispute that we have in recorded history, the, his authorship occurred only a couple of hundred years ago in the 19th century when they were disputing everything. And Paul identifies himself as the author in the letter three times. He describes himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus. He closes this epistle with a handwritten greeting, which is characteristic in several of his letters. In fact, there are extra-biblical evidences. Extra-biblical means outside of the Bible, uh, such as the Mauritanian fragment, which was written around A.D. 180, that lists books considered by the early church to have been divinely inspired, and it lists Colossians as having been written by the Apostle Paul. Many church fathers identified Paul as the, as the author of Colossians, including Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, Clement of Alexandria, Tertullian, and Origen. The epistle to the Colossians is one of the prison epistles, which are so-called because they were written by Paul while he was in prison in Rome around 60 AD. The prison epistles include Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Dr. J. Vernon McGee wrote, these four are companion epistles and together 
have been called the anatomy of Christianity or the anatomy of the church. We can see that the subjects of these epistles cover all aspects of the Christian faith. Ephesians is about the body of believers called the church of which Christ is the head. Colossians directs our attention to the head of the body who is Christ. The body itself is secondary. Christ is the theme. He's the center of the circle around which all Christian living revolves. Colossians emphasizes the pleroma. Christ is the fullness of God. Philippians shows the church walking here on earth. Christian living is the theme. It is the periphery of the circle of which Christ is the center. Philippians emphasizes the kenosis, Christ becoming a servant. Philemon gives us Christianity in action. We would say it is where the rubber meets the road, or in that day it was where the sandals touched the Roman road. It demonstrates Christianity worked out in a pagan society. And we can see why these four documents have been called the anatomy of the church. They belong together as a whole. The words of J. Vernon McGee. Ephesians and Colossians together uh, present a mature understanding of who Christ is and what his life, death, and resurrection means for the believer. Paul taught how central Christ is to the Christian faith. He is the image of God. He is the source of all wisdom. He is the head of the church. He is the one who reconciles us to God and to each other. He is our Savior and Deliverer. Now, with regard to the person, Paul, he was born a Roman citizen, according to Acts 22, grew up in the city of Tarsus, located in modern-day Turkey. It was one of the largest cities of the Roman Empire. He was there quite familiar with the Greco-Roman religions and customs and philosophies. This combined with his excellent training by Gamaliel in Jewish law made him an ideal candidate to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And it was largely through his ministry that the Christianity spread throughout the Roman Empire. The letter is addressed to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. Colossae uh, was one of three cities located about 100 miles inland from Ephesus. The other cities were Laodicea and Hierapolis. It was a trading point between the east and the west. It was a trade route. At one time, all three cities were on the trade route, but then they uh, moved the uh, road away from uh, Colossae, and uh, it became a smaller city. But uh, all kinds of ideas came together in this cosmopolitan area, and there was this constant influx of ideas from the east. It was a fertile place for speculation and heresy. The city's not named in the book of Acts because Paul, as far as we know, never went there and didn't start the church there. It was probably established during his three years in Ephesus because in, Luke, uh, in Acts 19 it says that people throughout that region heard the gospel. Evidently, Epaphras was converted by Paul's ministry in Ephesus and went back and perhaps was one of the founders of that church which was composed largely of Gentiles. Now, what is it that motivated Paul to write this letter? Well, he was confronting a couple of problems in that church. Um, one of the problems that he was consulting was legalism, which is an effort to regulate Christian life with rules and regulations. 
And he addresses that in chapter 2, verse 21, and he says, Do not handle, do not touch, do not taste, which sounds an awful lot like some versions of Christianity today, does it not? And what he says is it might have an appearance of wisdom, but it really has no value at all. People then, like today, sometimes believe that if, if we can just run our lives by a set of rules and regulations, somehow or other, God can be pleased. But that whole effort is really self-centered. And it's very easy for even believers to lapse into a form of legalism, thinking that by doing that, they're somehow repaying God for what God has done for them. Do you find yourself slipping into that attitude at times? It's very easy, isn't it? Pastor Leighton Sheely is uh, taking us through an introduction to the book of Colossians. I don't know when uh, you last read Colossians, but you might want to go through the book. Read the entire epistle from the Apostle Paul before we return next time. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and we'd love to have you come along beside us. Join us as a partner and help us uh, through your prayers and your financial giving. You can give safely when you go to our website at studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for being with us today. Pastor Layton will come back tomorrow and help us once again study verse by verse.